Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to leave me a review, rate the show, and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Before we get stuck in, I'm thrilled to let you guys know that this episode is sponsored by Kinky Street. They're new to town and are promoting empowerment, body positivity, inclusivity, and those who just want to have fun. Discover your kink with them at kinkystreet.co.uk and use the code MADSWORLD20 for 20% off your order. This week, I'm joined by Alex Fox, multi-award winning writer and broadcaster with over 16 years experience specialising in sex and relationships. Alex has been a script consultant on hit Netflix series Sex Education since its inception. She's the resident foxhole shagany aunt on the Modern Man podcast and has previously presented on BBC Radio 1's Unexpected Fluids, Audible's Kink, Channel 4's The Sex Clinic and The Guardian's Close Encounters. Named Best Sexual Wellbeing Ambassador 2020 in the ET Awards, she's currently writing her first book, The Missing Kink. Starting out as an editor on Bazaar magazine, her writing can be found everywhere from Vogue to Time Out to Stylist to Fabulous. Alex is a proud face of HIV Testing Week and regularly collaborates with charities including Brooke and Bloody Good Period. In this episode, we chat all about the results of Plenty of Fish's annual dating survey from a poll of a thousand UK singles. Whether it's economic, cultural, political or nonsensical TikTok trends, many different factors influence the way we meet, connect and date each other. As a result, it's become an annual tradition for OG dating app Plenty of Fish to analyse the trends that look set to influence the dating landscape in the year ahead and give them snappy names to make them easier to constructively discuss and dissect. Up next, we chat about the key trends identified, revealing the freshest dating behaviours and buzzwords you'll be navigating into 2023 and beyond. Hello, Alex. How are you? I am so happy to be here, Maddie, that the entirety of the 90s smiley face rave uh, contingent could not compete with the grin that I have on my face right now. I'm so happy that Pharrell Williams is going to write a whole goddamn album about me. So thanks for having me. Oh, what a lovely... No one's ever been that excited to come on the pod, so I'm, I'm absolutely stoked to have you as well. Um, you're such a great fit for this podcast. I mean, everything that you've been working on, you're a broadcaster, journalist, sex educator, and so many slashes in your job titles and what you've been up to. But 
I want to know what made you want to start a career in your field and just can you tell our listeners what's been keeping you busy at the moment? Sure thing, you're right about the slashes. I often say <laughs> there's more slashes in my career 17 years in than Edward uh, Scissorhands' shower curtain, I think. Um, yeah, I've been talking about sex and sexual culture and, and all things around it and surrounding that from the mild end of the spectrum right up to the wilder one for well over a decade and a half now. And, you know, I used to say it was kind of an accident how I got into this and I, I would joke about how it was one of the few sexual accidents that, that turned out to be a good thing um, and there is some truth in that I started out I did a degree in linguistics which for anyone who's been exposed to the speed of my mouth for more than 5.2 nanoseconds the fact that I'm a cunning linguist will probably be no surprise whatsoever um, and I, I moved into journalism and got my big break as a staff writer and then a section editor on a, an alternative culture magazine called Bizarre uh, which talked about everything from um, wild body modifications like eyebrow tattooing and cervical piercing to uh, crazy out there art and activism to what at the time were considered unusual fetishes and kinks. Stuff like, mm. I wrote about everything from vomit fetishes to furries, who, um, <laughs> for the record, not all furries, it's about sex, but some of them it definitely is a little bit. Um, and then uh, Fifty Shades of Grey happened, and whilst I think it's a pretty abominable set of book and books and films. It did inevitably start conversations and I found myself mm. moved into the mainstream. So that's kind of the official reason why I got into things. Um, but I've been reflecting on it recently and I think there's always been a bit of an activist flame in my soul. I've always walked quite an interesting line between going against the grain, I guess, in the name of expression and imagination and, and righteous rebellion versus mm. trying to be relatable and warm and uh, different but not scary, welcoming and, and kind of knowing when to pick my battles, really. And yeah. a lot of my work now is about um, talking about pretty out there stuff or certainly stigmatised and taboo stuff mm. in a way that makes everybody feel that they're able to join the conversation. You do not need to be hardcore, you know the score, <laughs> in order to have a chit-chat with me. Um I'm also just bloody nosy. I, lo I, lo I love talking to people. I, I think everyone has a story to tell. And uh, maybe a story I haven't told in its entirety is the fact that um, myself and my family were quite deeply affected uh, by abuse, sexual and otherwise. And although I don't think that's the sole reason why I have made it such a big part of my life to talk constructively and uh, often in a celebratory way about sex, I, I wouldn't want to give the abusive people in my life that amount of power that, you know, they've motivated mm. my entire reason for being. But I do think it's definitely a bit of a fuck you. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud that um, my views on sex and relating to other human beings remain very positive in spite of the mm. experiences of my younger self and those around me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of... On some level, using my shit to make something shiny and, um, <laughs> yeah, refusing to let somebody who's all about uh, sexual violence and, and generalised terror uh, control my ability to enjoy my own pleasure and flip-slap-slop that around and spread it to other people. <laughs>
That was not succinct. Sorry, Maddie. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, lo- I loved it so much. And you know what? When you said that you studied linguistics, you can tell because you literally rattled through that. And I was like, this is a roller coaster. And I, and I love it. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think it really shows to me that I come from a writing background because I mm. actually stress quite a lot when I'm speaking about um, not repeating myself. Yeah. Uh, I like to use synonyms rather, rather than saying the same word twice. And of course, that's not how most people converse it's very poetic you sound like you were doing a spoken word which was really nice (laughs) yeah but maybe recorded and played at chipmunk speed Uh, I often say I'm I'm like own brand Russell brand I'm like a budget version of like Poundland Poundland yeah exactly Uh, I've also been trying to write I'm I'm writing a book at the moment called The Missing Kink um, which yeah I'm I've it's been an ambition of mine to write a book for a long time and I have been nagged up and slagged off by a lot of professional people around me for not getting around to it earlier. So I'm finally mm. doing that. Before we get into our chat about all of um, your work with Plenty of Fish, I had a couple uh-huh. of other fun questions for you. So I wanted to know your favourite recent pop culture moment of 2022 because there's been so many. They go viral for like a day and then we're on to the next one. But what's your favourite like current pop culture moment? I am an enormous fan of a blog called Delisted, um, which examines celebrity culture, but with a very sarcastic, silly way of speaking. It takes the piss out of it all, but it's also a really great way of staying up to date on what's what's going on in celebrity Mm -hmm. culture. Um, There's two writers on there, uh, Michael Kay, who I think is the founder of the website, and then Mm -hmm. a recent uh, edition called Mika, who absolutely cracks me up. Um, honestly, more cracked than a dozen eggs being carried by a butter-fingered builder. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm quite in tune with pop culture, at least I, I try to be. I think my big moment of the year has to be the new Top Gun film. Really? Um, yeah, specifically. I mean, I, I, along with loads of other people, found Miles Teller's moustache to be oh. disconcertingly alluring. Very sexual. Kind of, I know, it had that kind of like old school porn star pervert vibe, didn't it? I got my partner yeah. to grow one and he looked really... <laughs> unnervingly like some kind of uh, war criminal and I was unnerved by the fact that I found that <laughs> really sexually compelling so you oh. had Miles Teller's moustache yeah you had the fact that it's Top Gun com- the original came out in 1986 when I was four years old so it had a lot of nostalgic value for me but the reason why it's my big moment is Val Kilmer beautiful wonderful intriguing Val Kilmer I mean it's worth deep diving into his history he's a he's a really inspiring and um uh unusual uh, in the best way a rather abnormal guy I think mm. um and it was it was bittersweet obviously because he's direly ill but I thought oh. the elegance and the dignity with which he and those around him handled that role yeah um it wasn't a pity party. It was him being iconic and legendary. Mm-hmm. And I, it, re- it really made my heart sore. I also oh. saw the film. I was living in New York at the time. Mm. Uh, just casually dropped that one in. <laughs> like the cosmopolitan dickhead that I am. Um, my partner and I were in New York for eight months this year. And they have a thing over there. I think there are some in London, but I, I, I had experienced it in America for the first time. Called a 4DX cinema where 
you sit in this chair that moves around with the action on screen. Oh my God. Squirted with water, blown by wind, shaken around. Your popcorn (laughs) doesn't last more than two seconds before it's all over your lap in your hair and halfway down your ear holes. But it's so much fun. So That's so cool. That's literally short. That sounds like a theme park (laughs) or something, like a full theme park ride. That's amazing. It is. It's kind of like a low budget theme theme park ride. It's quite, there's something kind of retro futuristic about it. I remember going on a school trip as a kid to Granada Studios um, up in Manchester where they filmed Coronation Street and stuff like that. You could see behind the scenes of the <laughs> TV land. Uh, and they had this like yeah. cinema of the future ride. And it was basically, it was 4DX. <laughs> so weirdly, the cinema of now feels like futuristic cinema 20 30 years ago for me it, it, yeah it was it it's it really enhanced that nostalgic vibe it was, it was really good fun and big love to Val Kilmer do you know what you were saying about the moustache thing it's so weird because I feel like 10 years ago when I lived in <laughs> Australia or I lived in Australia like six years ago it's it became like an, an ironic funny thing for Australian guys to do and now you can spot an Australian a mile away like if you see a guy with a moustache like an ironic moustache in London they are Australian. Like they, 99% of the time they're Australian. At a festival, I'll say to my friends, he's Australian. They're like, how do you know? I'm like, let's go and talk to him. And he's like, hello, mate. And you're like, I know, I know, I know you. You're an archetype. Like that's your culture. It's an ironic moustache. Mads, I'm going to check, I'm going to check this. I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to go around identifying people with the requisite facial follicles and seeing if they are indeed from the land of Oz. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Um, And you were, or you are a consultant on Netflix's sex education, which I know that you can't speak much about um, the upcoming season or anything, but I wanted to know what's been your favourite Netflix series of 2022? Uh, When it comes to streaming services and content (laughs) providers, I am a slag. (laughs) I'll take them all. Um, I I was unfortunately very ill earlier in the year with pneumonia and I actually couldn't leave my home Mm -hmm. for well over a month. Um, so I was mainlining anything that moved on a screen. Um, the one show that absolutely left me actually grieving when mm. it finished and yearning inside for the next season was um, a show on Apple TV called Severance. Have you heard oh, of this one? Do you know what? I think I've started watching that. What Can you remind me what it's about? Um, it's about a group of workers yeah. who um, choose to sever their working selves from their their private lives by undergoing a brain operation, yes. um, so that they can literally like put the working day to bed. When when they exit their office, they have no memory of what they've been doing in the daily mm. grind, uh, and when they go back in in the morning, yeah. they have no recollection of of who they are in their relaxed home life. Um, Wild. But they they undercut some of them uh, discover that there is this undercover plot going on. I won't reveal too much. Aesthetically, it absolutely blew me away. It's really, really haunting. It's it's creepy in a really clever, um, stylized sort of way. The dialogue's amazing. The actors are fantastic. The whole concept of it is really clever I can't wait for it to come back love that my next discussion I want to jump into with you is all about your work with plenty of fish so they're the OG dating app and they do their annual dating trends list and I was hoping you could give us some insight 
on how they do it, why they do it, and and just some key takeouts from it. I would love to. I love working with Plenty of Fish. Um, yeah, but as you've mentioned, every single year they do a big survey of a thousand UK singletons um, to work out what the emerging dating trends are for the year ahead. And so they've done this. They've done this this time for 2023. Um, now, dating has really it's existed pretty much since the dawn of humanity, right? Um, I imagine that our ancestors probably knew about the notions of a, a third wheel or an old flame before they knew about actual vehicles and fire. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, so dating has been around for a very long time, but it mm. doesn't exist in a bubble. It's affected by cultural trends, by technological advances, by politics, by the economy, by environmental concerns. So every year, plenty of fish assess which of those are weighing most heavily on singles behaviors and this year they have um pulled out nine key trends um i think one of the key reasons that they hire me is because we give them a a catchy often pun best based name i love that (laughs) i love data and i love buzzwords so i'm buzzing to hear about this i love a buzzword um (laughs) not everybody does some people think it's you know it's a little bit silly but i think When you're talking about dating and psychology and feelings and behaviors, often those are quite amorphous things, right? It can be difficult to talk to to have find the right words to describe how someone's acting and how someone how you're feeling about it. Mm. And a lot of the dissection discussion can be at quite a high academic level. So I actually think um, making new words to make these conversations accessible and these behaviors memorable and to open mm. up those chats on platforms like, well, podcasts and TikTok yeah, and yeah. Instagram, for example, um, it invites more people in to being aware of how they're acting or how they're potentially being treated in mm. relationships. And I think that can only be a good thing. Um, yeah. So where shall we begin, Mad? Shall, <laughs> do, do you want to pick a trend or shall I? I would love you to run me through them because I don't even know where to start. I want to know what are some of the dating terms and buzzwords that we're going to be speaking about in 2023? Okay, well, one of the really modern ones is eco-dumping. Okay. Now, in financial terms, this is the practice of um, having something manufactured in a country that doesn't have very strict laws about uh, environmentally friendliness or mm-hmm. doesn't enforce those laws very well so that you can, you can fuck the planet whilst you're making something <laughs> and make a fuck ton of money off the back of it. Mm-hmm. But in dating terms, eco-dumping is a lot more, um, a lot more empowering and righteous and ethical and moral. Mm-hmm. It's choosing to finish with somebody because their eco-credentials don't match your own. Really? Um, and over a third of the people that Plenty of Fish surveyed said that they would consider ditching someone, even if they rocked their, their world and uh, made the earth move in bed, if they didn't <laughs> care about the planet enough. And just to give you some comparison, 39% again said they were looking for someone family oriented. Only 28% said they wanted someone with a good sense of humor. Only 23% were concerned about physical appearance. So this is wow. a really big score. This is a, a massive amount yeah. of people who are now saying they care about a partner who cares about about recycling and about climate. I think that's partly to do with that being a cause close to your heart. Mm. But also... Some people who, for example, think that climate change is an invention and isn't real, 
yeah. are more likely to believe other conspiracy theories or hold political ideologies that maybe won't match your own if you mm. do believe in climate change. So looking at how someone thinks about uh, ecology can can be a really good litmus test of the rest of their personality. Um, looking at someone's profile for clues about their point of view in this in this sphere is called green screening. <laughs> so you're screening to see how green somebody is. Um, That's good. Totally totally different trend is milestoning. Right. This is definitely one that I know a lot of my friends are, are have. I was about to say are guilty of, but there's no guilt involved here. Milestoning is the act of right what of um, ramping up your swiping and your dating activity on the apps and and wherever else you're dating before a big milestone event because you want a date to go with you. Oh, I um, see. Seventy-one percent of singles says say that they've purposely gone on an app or increased their activity uh, because they've got a big milestone event coming up. It's usually a friend or family's wedding. They're the most popular at fifty-five percent. Yeah, that's so interesting. And and I think maybe it's to avoid the questions you get at those weddings, like "Oh, you're still single," or uh-huh. you know, it's to avoid that um, judgment from people. Definitely. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? Because mm. I know people who have set goals for themselves and said, for example, by the time I'm 35, I want to have met a really decent partner. And on some level, that can work really successfully. Prioritizing your dating life, your your love lives, in the same way that you might prioritize your job or mm. wanting to uh, buy a car by a certain age or... or um, uh, be in a particular housing situation, for example. I think people can be a lot more cynical about relationship goals mm. <laughs> than they are about other goals that we set for ourselves in life. And, and it yeah. can work for some folks. But on the flip side, sometimes putting yourself under unnecessary pressure because you feel that you ought to have achieved something emotionally mm. by a certain level can end, you can end up needlessly compa- comparing yourself to to other people or to just very traditional ideas mm. that that love elevate the love escalator you know the way mm-hmm. that things are su- so supposedly supposed to progress in our lives I wonder if women feel that pressure as well a bit more because obviously we've got our I hate this term biological, biological clocks ticking clock. like, yeah yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I mean I mean it, it kind of if you do want to have kids and that is a goal of yours then it probably makes sense to sort of have some sort of timeline in place of you know when you're with if you're with the right person what you're wanting to do but I, I do wonder if if women probably create those milestones in their head more than men just based on those sorts of things I'd love to research that more deeply I think it's a really yeah. interesting question I do think men feel uh feel pressure to achieve things mm. by by certain times as well but um yeah, certainly women have arguably much more of a physical impetus to do yeah. so if they want to become biological parents. Um, a trend that is maybe more universally positive mm-hmm. um, is the welcoming in of a more sincere era in the dating the dating <laughs> world. This is the trend called bay reeling or baying real. Okay. I love this one. Okay, yep. so. I'm gonna. There's so many percentages in this. You're gonna feel like you're in a in a maths class. I like it. I'm a stats gal. Just lay it on me. <laughs> I'm hitting you with all this dating data. Sixty nine percent of people nice. in the Plenty of Fish survey admitted that they had filtered their photos in the past. Mm-hmm. They tweaked them. They photoshopped them. They they'd lightened and brightened them and 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 slimmed them and otherwise poked, picked, and prodded them mm-hmm. in order to try and give an impression of how they 
some to look a way that they thought would be more attractive and alluring. Um, nowadays, though, 74% of British singles say that they feel a lot more comfortable about posting totally unfiltered images of themselves on dating profiles. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I love that. I yeah. think the closer your dating profile is to being the real true you, the closer you are likely to get to finding someone who appreciates the real true you in real life. And you're not going to show up on a date and you're completely disappointed or the other person feels disappointed or feels like they've been low-key catfished or something if you're honest from the get-go. So that's, yeah, that's so interesting. And do you think in the next 10 years that's kind of where things will head, being like more of like a be-real type vibe? I hope so. I think it. I think this is a reflective of a wider trend in social mm. media that we're seeing a backlash against um, yeah. overly photoshopped images. Um, and in the dating sphere, plenty of fish found out that people are just being a lot more upfront about who they are, the kind of relationship style that they're looking for, mm. what they want from life. Um, people just seem to be bearing their souls and and bearing themselves a lot more yeah it saves time as well if you're doing that because you're not going to be connecting with people that that you're not a good match for if you're not being authentic I I I really hope that we continue to move this way Mm. the the effects of virtual reality will be really interesting to observe over the next decade and beyond um, we did have a chat about that with our, within our survey and nearly half of people said that they would try virtual reality dating. They'd meet a mate in the metaverse before they went on a real life date. And obviously you can, you can make yourself look however you want in virtual reality. In fact, it's, I think it's less about maybe tweaking uh, a photo to, to, to make yourself look different. It's more about creating a whole different character, isn't it? So it's, it's, it's quite a different kind of um, cultural conversation to be had there about mm. how we represent ourselves in a in a fantasy world. It's and, very Black Mirror, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. How much should our fantastical invented VR selves actually reflect what, what we're like in our, in our real meat suits? Um, nearly a quarter of people believed um, that eventually online dating and VR dating would totally surpass IRL in real life dating. But you go well. straight from online to boyfriend. It's I, I don't think I could do that. Me neither. I, I'm, a, I'm a virtual reality fan. I have an I have an augmented reality tattoo. Like I am I am fully invested <laughs> in technology, and I think it's very apart from NFTs and cryptocurrency, which oh I'm God. deeply cynical about. <laughs> but I, I I love the potential that technology mm. has. Whether I could have a satisfying, fulfilling whole relationship with someone mm. solely conducted through digital means, I, I think that's a no-no for me. Yeah, and I just, I wonder, you wonder if it's safe as well because uh-huh. I guess it's like if it's all in, you know, and I guess other things like more sinister things come into it when there's like predatory behaviour at hand, but how do you know that your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, you know, whoever is even who they say they are, you know, but, or is it more about how it's made that person or that idea of a person is making you feel and if that makes you feel positive or negative? I think as with so many aspects of dating and sexual culture more broadly, mm. we are going to need to educate younger pe- young people yeah. at, at, in, a, in a more fit for purpose, modern manner. 
and have these conversations proactively to Mm. prepare them for the way that the world is changing. Mm. Um, I think just complaining about it and worrying about it and hoping that it doesn't Doesn't happen to your kids is, is, is not enough. You have to talk about these things. Unfortunately, I encounter a lot of people who would be horrified if their their sons and daughters and children had anything awful happen to them mm. um, in, in their in their love lives or, or emotionally and physically, but they still, for some reason, feel like talking about those things and giving their kids the uh, the tools that they need to navigate the world in a responsible and respected and savvy manner. Mm. They, they they want them to do the jobs without giving them tools and I, I, it's it, I suppose it's like it's that, that idea which is completely incorrect that if you don't speak to kids about sex they're not going to go and do it or if you know if you're not giving them proper boundaries or, or whatever with alcohol and stuff like they people are doing it anyway people like they, they are going to be exposed to the internet and the internet dating world so why not prepare them with the right tools to help them do it safely and effectively I think blindly hoping that it won't happen to your kid or they won't do that thing that you mm. fear and and refusing to talk about it is mm. an absolute recipe for disaster. Yeah. Hiding these things under the carpet just makes lumps that will inevitably be tripped over later down the line. Oh, that's a I'm really good I'm such a big advocate for age-appropriate, uh, constructive, mm. a- accessible conversations. Mm. Um and that's my high horse that I'm riding through town. <laughs> um, returning to uh, the trends from the Plenty of Fish survey, um, maybe you've encountered this one, Mads. Yeah. A case of the only plans. <laughs> this is somebody who forever arranges a rendezvous oh, with you and then reverses on it. They honestly, make plans for a date and then they cancel. But it gets pushed again. forward every single week. This literally happened to me today. And as people have such busy lives, like uh-huh. you, like in London especially, like I've got a life drawing class on Monday. I've got to push it back. I've got this film premiere. I've got this. I've got that. And I think when it's someone that you have no investment in, if it's a first date, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pass up going and meeting Phoebe Waller-Bridge at a film premiere to go on a date with some punter. <laughs> I'll probably never speak to again. You know, like it's the, it's not a priority. So I, that is so true. I love that. Only plan. Yeah. If if they're if they're messing you about, you're not gonna holler. You're gonna go for the for the Waller Bridge instead. <laughs> um, I think there's all sorts of reasons why people can give off Only Plans vibes. Um, 87% of folks who are in the Plenty of Fish survey said that they actually had every intention of going on these dates, yeah. but they just didn't have enough free time to commit. Mm. So th- what they were protesting is that this is quite innocent. They don't mean to mess people around. Life is just messy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be partly due to another trend that we have called the cost of loving. We all know about <laughs> the, co- the rising cost of living right now. We're worried about how to afford our eating, our heating, how yeah. to keep a roof over our heads when prices are going through that roof. And this is affecting, obviously, everybody in a multitude of ways, some of them very serious. Mm. But specifically, it's affecting the way that singles are approaching dating now. Over half of people said that the rising cost of living had impacted how they plan their dates. So they might be going on dates less frequently. They might be picking something a little bit more cheap and cheerful rather than splashing the cash. And 73% of them said that they had avoided or cancelled a particular plan 
just because they were worried that their wallet couldn't stretch to it. So it might be that somebody is giving you that only plans vibe <laughs> simply because it's if you if you're trying to date them towards the end of the month, they yeah. have to cancel because they don't have enough cash. Or their boss has just said, you know what, there's some overtime going. Do you want to work late tonight? Mm-hmm. And they have to they have to pick the money over the honey. But <laughs> I do think If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. In other circumstances, it can be due to other other issues. It might be that someone isn't actually sure whether they want to date or not, but making these plans makes them feel like they're doing something proactive. So Mm -hmm. they get to kind of tick that box, (laughs) even though they're not really making anything happen. Um, Plenty of Fisher's uh, uh, research last year actually identified a trend called hesitating, where lots of people kind of, at that stage in the pandemic, they really unclear about their present and their future they were concerned maybe about meeting strangers again there was Mm -hmm. a lot of hesitancy in their lives and that was spilling over into whether or not they really wanted to go on dates and and kind of what they wanted Mm. uh in for their for their love lives and so it might be a bit of that 
There's also a phenomenon I call master dating, which is when people treat <laughs> dating and, and the people that they're seeing purely in a way that um, dating is about their pleasure yeah. and about, about getting them off, the things that get them off. Master daters who give only plans vibes, I think often <laughs> they love the attention. They love the knowledge that they can text you and you'll go, yeah, sure, I'd love to meet you. They never want to. They never want to actually make that happen. Mm. They just want the ego buzz. They want that little lift to their self image. Yeah, and then they could have you if they wanted you. So it's not about sex. You think then in that case, it's about the ego boost and the other benefits from going on a date, rather than you know, purpose like purposely going on a date just to sleep with someone. It's about the other benefits. I think it can be about all sorts of things. Yeah. And, um, again, there's there's another trade called half trend called half masting, um, which <laughs> now you might you might need know this to mean something else, right? Yeah. If something is at half mast, what would you expect it to be, Mads? Um, half hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and half masting is a bit like when you're kind of feeling a bit flaccid and mm. floppy about someone. Mm-hmm. They've maybe given you a few, a few bad vibes, a few, a few possible red flags. They're gonna have to work hard to get you excited and fully turgid and wanting <laughs> to go out with them again. It's also, you know, how uh, when a flag is at half mast, it mm-hmm. often indicates that someone has passed away. If you're half masting someone, you're taking a back seat, you're kind of withdrawing a little bit and 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 working out whether or not you want to proceed it might just be that the relationship itself is about to die but oh god i think this i think this trend of half masting reflects the fact that we are starting to talk more about context and nuance in mm-hmm. dating mm-hmm. um there was a, a real big trend a while ago of like the kick him to the curb sort of chat mm-hmm. you know the first sign that somebody had done anything even vaguely wrong Maybe, you know, their farts didn't smell of roses and they were, it was over. You were worth more. They're done. You're mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> and that, I can see how that, that kind of sassiness can be very empowering. And of course, nobody should waste their time on wasters. Absolutely not. But I think now we're starting to realize that people aren't that binary. It's not that someone's all good or all bad or mm. all right or all wrong. And mm. sometimes we do need to kind of take a pause before we make a big decision, like completely calling an end to something. Mm. Sometimes we just, we need to chew it over a little bit more. We need to work out why they're giving us only plans behavior, mm. but we need, you know, we need to assess whether they're being real with us enough. Um, and I welcome that. I think uh, nuance in all things. If we could just extend that more to online discourse, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, and I think seeing that there is a grey area in things is becoming a lot more relevant in pop culture as well. Like Even in shows like House of the Dragon, no one's all good, no one's all bad, and that's why we like them because they're messy. And seeing that in female characters on TV as well I think is really important. There's been some awesome films lately with problematic – and problematic uh-huh. is such an overused word, but problematic women that aren't just confining to the normal – archetype of what a woman in a film is which is accompanying a man to accomplish whatever they want to accomplish and I think it's so cool and important to see to see that people are multi-faceted and and messy people are complex the most interesting and uh, desirable people are certainly complex I think a lot of the time and registering that is I think 
a really important thing towards evolving the way that we approach relationships. Mm. Where do you think dating is going to go in the next 10 years, Mads? Because you're at the cutting edge of it. I know. I mean, well, I'm a single gal at the moment, but I think it's interesting moving out of COVID, which was so virtual. I think that there'll be a revert. I've heard a lot of people recently saying, like other single friends saying, that they've deleted dating apps completely. They want to, mm. they just want to meet people out. They want it to be completely organic. And I, I kind of do see the appeal in that in some ways because I was on a, I was on a dating app date the other day and uh, I was speaking to the date about it. And I, I was saying, we already know that we fancy each other. You know, we're both here because we both find each other attractive. Whereas I kind of liked the idea that you, even if it's a friend or a colleague or something, you don't know, like, and figuring it out if you fancy each other, that's part of the fun. Like when, you know, they brush against your leg and you feel the rocks tumble away in your tummy and it's like all exciting and stuff. I don't know. I think that's kind of, that's the vibe that I'm on at the moment is, is reverting back to what I would think is old school, but all I've known as an, as an adult is dating apps. So it's hard to imagine a life like sex in the city where there didn't exist. What do you think about the idea of dating apps moving towards um, more of a a gamified kind of uh, culture? Um, I'm being, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being very clear here. Plenty of fish have got this new feature where you can host a virtual blind date. So you and your match start off Uh, having a video date but your faces are obscured they're like blurred out interesting if the conversation's good the longer this virtual date goes on the more their photograph that or the 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 the, the footage of them becomes clear they like emerge from the fog it's like pixel like coming yeah exactly exactly that's so interesting and it's designed to i think partly to help challenge people's perceptions of what they find attractive, you know, because you might end up having a really engaging chat with somebody who maybe at first glance you didn't think would tickle your pickle or float your boat. Maybe, you know, (laughs) the way they look is not something that you would have considered as much first. But it's Mm. also about keeping dating apps and online dating fresh because I, I think, like you say, it can get quite exhausting over time. Although I'd also argue that using apps is a great way of meeting people that you might you simply might not do organically in your day-to-day life. And to some extent, you'd hope it's a guarantee that at least most of the people on the app are genuinely single and looking looking for something. Yeah. Um, whereas I know that when I when I was single, I used to go out to a lot of the same places my, with my friends because they were the spots that we enjoyed, but it mm. meant we saw a lot of the same faces. And loads mm. of those people already were in in closed relationships yeah the the pickings were not great for me at the local pub and I think that 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 initiative from plenty of fish is so cool because it stops people like it probably stops the gamification or like the ego boost or the you know the scrolling and no one messaging each other back and you're just sitting on an app with a hundred matches and you're not speaking to any of them it's actually putting power back in people's hands to not commit too much to a whole evening out, spend loads of money with the cost of living or cost of loving. And it's sort of giving people an an accessible, easier way to start the process. And then if you do want to continue dating that person, you can, but there's no pressure there either. There was um, an in real life, well, there was a, there was a, 
uh, a dating in initiative a while ago where single people would get together and try and do something good for the community and like run errands for, for elders or uh, get together and like renovate a, a, a community flower bed or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you'd have a good time, you'd do something good and you might meet someone great at the same time. The problem with it, though, was, as I as I heard, was that loads of women turned up, hardly <laughs> any men. So <laughs> the men classic. didn't give a shit about being good for the community, whereas the women were there, like bringing their whole hearts and hoping to meet someone with sexy parts. And I bet if there's one guy there and he's just gorgeous and like really helpful, really nice, all the it just become like the bachelor, and all the girls would be fighting over him. Around him, like moths yeah. around a light bulb. You know what? I actually came up with a bit of a philosophy lately. Mm. Um, I was ahead of this interview. I was musing on my many, many single years, which certainly ranged from the magic to the tragic, yeah. uh, and what and some of the biggest lessons I'd learned from mm. from those. And I think I, for most of my life, have been attracted to very charismatic people Mm. um lots of entertainers um looking at my dating history there's been fabulous musicians and artists and comedians very very talented folks and writers in there um they were all real bright lights um and it took me a while to learn that some people are light bulbs who want everyone around them including Mm. their partner to be a moth they always want mm-hmm. to be the brightest light in the room. And that doesn't mean that they're not hugely entertaining and it's wonderful to be in their presence, but they just want you to flap and flutter around them. They never want you to be bright like them. Whereas other people are light bulbs who cast their light on others and light everybody up. And oh. it's about glowing together. The, the lovely man I am with now, yeah. he lights me up and I see him in public, the way that he interacts with other people, he makes it his mission to have conversations where he's not just entertaining, he's inviting someone else to glow too. And it was such a revelation to me. That's brilliant. That's so nice, yeah. Sometimes it's difficult to distinguish between a charismatic person who's perhaps not a great partner versus a charismatic person who is. They both have their talents and their strengths, but uh, yeah, I think... Look look for a light bulb who lights up others rather than a light bulb who just wants moths. Well, to help people find their light bulb that lights up others, do you have any good hacks or tips off the back of all of this research that can help people into dating as we move into 2023? And whether they're recently single or whether, you know, they've just come out of a relationship or whether they've been single for years and they're struggling to find someone or, or not even find someone, just enjoy dating. What are some of your best tips that you'd suggest for people? Okay, first up, I'd say practice mindful interaction. Okay. I think because we often have our mobiles with our dating apps on, in our hands flipping permanently, mm. it's really tempting to scroll through dating profiles when you're on your commute, when you're in the lift, mm-hmm. even when you're on the bog, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know at least one couple who matched while they were on the shitter. Guilty. So guilty. <laughs> Love blooms, I suppose, you know, from all sorts of compost. But um <laughs> I would I would argue that um you're not really giving someone your full attention mm. if you're scrolling away while you're on the 68 bus or what have you. Mm-hmm. I know that we are all are time poor, but I think you're more likely to 
fully consider profiles and find and and not miss anything if you set aside maybe a half hour in your day and make it a pleasant experience put some good music on have some nice snacks or whatever makes you happy make Mm. it a joyful frame it in a a joyful way Mm. because otherwise it is easy to fall into that dating app fatigue isn't it a feeling like you're permanently on the thing you're putting 10 out of 10 time in, you're mm-hmm. only getting two out of 10 payback, really. Yeah. Whereas if you have healthy boundaries around mm-hmm. the time that you're spending on that and you're going in with this positive mindset, mm. I think that can, it can make it a, a whole, a much more positive experience. I love that. I think doing it in the bath would be nice. Few candles, like, you know, because I love reading my book in the bath, but maybe you could make it more of like a relaxing experience. <laughs> 100 percent. just don't drop your mobile in the bubbles oh no <laughs> i have sent a lot of mobile phones to uh the big old car phone warehouse in the sky by either <laughs> dropping them in the in the bubbles while i'm in the tub oh, or wrecking them because i've been trying to take a sexy selfie whilst i'm in the shower oh, I, dear. That, actually that is a hack i would say if you're careful with it you know when you sometimes sexy conversations kind of spring out of nowhere yeah you're not really expecting it but then it's all got hot and sultry and if you are you know if you're fully up for that you're fully consenting you thought it over etc and you're in the mood then great but sometimes it I've been exchanging photos with someone where I am quite frankly unprepared I haven't I've I've not glammed up I look like roadkill crossed with an intergalactic cat's coughed up hairball love that (laughs) jump in the shower doesn't matter if your hair's a mess it's all wet there's tendrils all sexy all over your face doesn't matter if you're wearing a t-shirt covered in scrambled egg or whatnot it's It's wet and it's clinging to you or it's (laughs) off yeah but if you don't want to send a nude wet t-shirt pics hot 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 still covered up your mascara can be running down your face your lipstick (laughs) can be smudged I've even been known to um, tactically move a bit of wet hair over a giant spot on my forehead because I'd, I'd I did not have time for painting on concealer. Amazing. I just, I just whacked a little bit of, uh, bit of my bonsai. Do you know what there. the equivalent of that is digitally? Is moving the text on an image right <laughs> yes. over the spot <laughs> <Guilty>. as well. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> I really want those little felt patches from days of yore you know like the little stars and moons I want those to make a make a comeback yes it's like the it's like IRL emojis but for your face (laughs) (laughs) I I am there me and my VR loving self are completely there for facial emojis um another thing that I found really helpful in the early stages of dating someone Mm -hmm. where I tend to have quite a big heart and try and give people a lot of rope and be compassionate. And I think all those are nice qualities, but sometimes it meant that people did try and take me for a bit of a ride, Mm. frankly. I gave them a lot of rope. They gave me a good old whipping with it. (laughs) And I devised what I call the RAF rule. Is someone treating you in a way that's respectful and fun? Is it reasonable and fun? Um, It might be being a bit only plans with you, is it reasonable? Have they got a decent excuse for it? Mm. Um, They might be treating you very respectfully, but is it just a bit dull? Are there lots of beige flags? Um, er, Early on asking, 
Are, is it reasonable, respectful and fun? If not, make like the RAF and fly out of there. It can help <laughs> you retain your energy and kind of make, it can simplify decisions. Because I ended up tying myself in knots about, you know, how long to half-mast somebody for. RAF rule really helped me cut to the chase really quickly. That I need to in- implement this into my life. And I think the fun part is so important because it's like, yeah, they might be being respectful and, yeah, they might be, like, giving you reasonable reasons for things. But if it's not fun, what's the point? Like, if the start of your relationship's uh-huh. not fun, it's probably not going to get more fun. Like, the start is the funnest part. <laughs> you don't owe everybody a relationship. Mm. Yeah. You know, yep. it, it's, it's not disrespectful not to... Not to uh, engage with that love that that kind of thought process with everybody that that you meet um I also think when it comes to dates stack them so you don't get stuck with them Ooh, so okay. uh, organize a, a short date mm-hmm. first for somebody say uh, an after work coffee or mm-hmm. you know a happy hour drink or or whatever you feel comfortable with mm. just put it into like 45 minutes or an hour rather than arranging dinner or, you know, a really involved event. If you like it, then you can stack a second thing on the top. You can be ready with a suggestion to go elsewhere. You can, you know, you can, um, you can, you can stack that tower of, of experience as high as you want. Yeah, stacking rather than getting stuck. I think that's brilliant and it's good to go into those dates as well with the the forethought and the prefacing of it to them saying, oh, I, I've got work in the morning, I can't stay uh-huh. out, I've got loads of work on. And then if the date's really fun and you're an hour in and you want to keep going, you can go, oh, it's all right, I'll, I'll just – I'll carry on. Or if you, if it's not working out, you can just say, oh, I, I do have to go. I, I, you know, I said earlier, I've got this. So it doesn't feel like you're just ditching. You've given them the reason before. So they, they sort of know, and that's the expectation. But then if it can carry on, it's just a nice surprise, a nice stack, like what you said. I did actually end up having that scenario with someone a long, long time ago where, you know, we'd both gone oh you know we've got work in the morning we should be really sensible nothing nothing sensible happened that evening (laughs) (laughs) all sensibility was out the window and the window was very high up on a skyscraper and took a long way to hit the ground (laughs) um but the next morning I was trying to be you know to continue the seduction and be like oh yeah stay in bed what's the latest that you can get up this man chose to instead go and iron his jeans. No. He spent 15 minutes ironing his jeans rather than, rather than kissing me. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I don't think your jeans <laughs> and my jeans are ever destined to, <laughs> to make babies. That's not respectable <laughs> or fun. <laughs> I, I, I do respect that he wanted to look smart for work. I, I did feel rejected by him opting to press his jeans rather than press himself against me. Oh, you're very good with the puns. I don't know how your mind works. It's almost it's like a form of Tourette's, to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes it's about to come out of my mouth and I'm like, this is so cheesy. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. 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 Yeah. And it happens. Oh, oh, well. I love that. Did you have any more hacks or tips for single people? I'll leave you with a lovely one, which again, okay. I found really helpful. And I continue to do this actually um, with all sorts of um, things in my life. If it's job interviews or um like high pressure podcast recordings (laughs) (laughs) I believe in arranging dessert for yourself after a date a little something sweet to enjoy when the main meal is over now that might be I for me I love listening to a comedy podcast I think having something that makes you laugh after a date is, is 
it's such a good spirit lifter if it hasn't gone well. Mm-hmm. Um, I might like save a nice little shower gel for when I get home. I, I, I might know that there's a chapter Ooh. of a book that I can't wait to read. I might tell my friends that um, we'll have a chat on the way home or we'll exchange some ridiculous memes on WhatsApp or whatnot. I always mm-hmm. plan something that that little dessert for myself after a high pressure occasion. Um, yeah. And it just means that your mood, you're taking charge of how you feel. Your happiness isn't so much entirely dependent on whether someone has been a delight or a disappointment. So you're taking back control of your own feelings. And a li- like to me, it, it helped me feel less like my life and how well I was doing was dependent on whether my dates were going well or not. I was taking care of me. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. And it brings it back to you and your happiness as well. And I think it's not it's not a happiness that is drawing moths to a flame or, or anything like that. It's just centered on you and it's not harming anyone else in the process. It's just so nice to to connect with yourself. And also it's a good opportunity to reflect on the date. And uh-huh. sometimes it, t- it takes like a couple hours to be like, I thought I was having fun, but I actually don't like that person. Or we actually didn't connect as well as I thought we did in the moment. Like reflection and, you know, hindsight is everything as well. So that's a nice opportunity to do that. Absolutely. I think dating mm. can give you such emotional whiplash you know, yeah. you get pulled in one direction and then another. So setting routines for yourself and preparing nice things for yourself that are reliable in the way that they're going to make you feel and are reliable in that you're going to feel good while you're doing them, while you're enjoying them. Giving yourself those cushions is really important when you you might be thrown around a little bit in, in the dating process. I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've been so interesting to listen to and I absolutely love a stat. I'm such a nerd when it comes to stats, Excel, all of the research that you've run through. So thank you so much. You're incredibly gracious to speak to. I have not only chewed your ear off, but I think I'm I'm like a Halloween appropriate zombie. I'm halfway through your brain now. (laughs) If anyone does want to read even more statistics and also hear uh, all about the latest developments in in dating apps and the dating world and get some more tips and advice and plenty of which have a blog at poff.com p-o-f.com and there's loads of goodies waiting for folks there amazing i'll pop a link in the episode description as well for everyone listening but thanks again alex uh it's been an utter treasured pleasure if anyone wants to look me up on the internet as well um i'm very easy to find it's alex a-l-i-x one i like cyclops and fox just like the animal the dirty screechy animal that makes terrible sounds when it's when it's having sex uh one proviso i will say is please ignore the hot dog video it was a long time ago i have no regrets it has one to ever since I am going to be Googling that as soon as we hang up. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed my chat with Alex. Please let me know on my Instagram, my TikTok, my Twitter, or my website if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. Love and elbow taps. Peace.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.